Welcome to another edition of the Thinking Spatially podcast, the Thinking Spatially podcast series where we think spatially across space and across time about key issues on our planet. Greetings, folks. Joseph Kursky here with you to talk about the 10 key strategies for teaching geographic information systems, the 10 key strategies for teaching GIS. Let's pick apart the 10 key strategies, shall we? I recently wrote and created a video about the 10 GIS skills that if students become confident with, they can do most anything in a GIS environment. Ditto for instructors. If they become confident in these 10 skills, they can do anything. They can fly. I followed that with an essay and a video describing the 10 educational benefits resulting from teaching with geographic information systems or GIS. In this video and the accompanying essay, let's examine 10 key strategies for teaching GIS in an effective manner that engages students. By strategies, what do I mean? I mean approaches that are suitable for any GIS course from beginning to advance. I also believe that these approaches are suitable to the use of GIS as an instructional tool in history, geography, environmental science, criminal justice, data science, business, health, sociology, biology, and in many other courses across higher education and indeed in some parts of K-12 education as well. I have successfully tested these approaches in my own courses, and I know many instructors who pursue these approaches with success as well. What are the 10 key strategies? First of all, number one, make it anchored to your program goals. Make it anchored to your program goals. You are not teaching GIS so that students will simply become more efficient or proficient with a certain set of tools and a certain version of software. No, you are fostering critical thinking, data fluency, spatial thinking, communication skills, connection to the community, proficiency in field methods, and so much more. Yes, GIS skills are important, but maps are a means to an end. Putting your data on a map is not the end point, but rather the beginning. The higher goal is not to make a map, but to understand something better in a deeper, richer way, and then perhaps to take action on that issue. GIS in the hands of students builds skills in asking good questions and scientific inquiry, emboldening them to become change agents in society where they focus and when they focus on the issues that they care about. Carefully examine the goals of the program within which your courses are located. How can teaching about GIS or teaching with GIS help you achieve those goals? How can those goals be articulated into course learning objectives? How can you use and structure readings, videos, discussion, hands-on activities, assessments, and other items so that students will learn the content, skills, and perspectives that you are seeking? Secondly, make it holistic, make it holistic. By its very nature, the geographic perspective through GIS fosters the consideration of the lithosphere, hydrosphere, biosphere, atmosphere, and anthrosphere, the human sphere, as a complex interacting system of systems. You cannot model or understand the world in all of its complexity. It's a complex world that we're living in, in any single lesson or even a single course or program. People spend their entire careers trying to understand even specific small aspects of the Earth's system. 
However, you can ensure that your course elements keep students thinking about the bigger picture. The bigger picture. This includes how decisions in one sphere are never isolated. They cause ripple effects, positive and negative, in the others. With the themes as layer structure of geodatabases, for example, the ability to create multivariate maps, the ability to visualize themes across 3D scenes and across time periods through swipe and animation tools, you can foster the holistic view even if you have a weekly theme such as water or hazards. This is possible in part because of the interconnections between natural systems and human-built systems. And GIS can help students understand patterns, relationships, and trends. Furthermore, by varying the themes that you will study, see my point number six below, students will emerge from your courses with a sense that everything is spatial and everything is interconnected. Number three, make it focused. Focus each week or another period of time, two weeks, a month, etc., on a problem in one sector of society. There is no sector where you cannot find data or devise real-world problems around. Crime, energy, water, historic or sacred structures, biodiversity, land use, land forms, climate, weather, urban forms, natural hazards, social, racial, economic inequalities, land use, agriculture, transportation, utilities, supply chain management, and a host of others. Focusing sections of courses and the accompanying readings, videos, discussions, and hands-on activities builds content knowledge around a specific subject or knowledge domain. Doing so also over time helps students realize that GIS and the spatial perspective are relevant to every single 21st century problem that we face, every single one. Doesn't this focus advice conflict with the previous strategy I shared about considering problems holistically? No, because in your courses, you can include thought-provoking questions to students in online discussion boards, face-to-face -face conversations, and quizzes that go beyond the lesson. For example, in one of my lessons on citing a business using GIS, I include the question, if you are really doing this site selection as a consultant for this specific convenience store chain outside of this course, what other data and themes would you consider? In my activity, the students use traffic volume, demographic characteristics, consumer preferences with fuel, gas, lottery tickets, figuring prominently in convenience stores, and drive times to competitors to determine the ideal location for a convenience store in a metropolitan area. But this question helps them to consider variables that we did not have time to consider in class, such as zoning, left turns versus right turns, major centers of employment, commuting patterns, and others. I ask similar types of questions after other activities. If you were really doing this study as a consultant, what variables, themes, or other considerations would you pursue? These and similar questions encourage students to think about other aspects of the physical and cultural environment, and thus that the world is a complex place with variables that change over space and over time and that are connected. Also, I think it encourages them to realize that within education we have to we have to simplify we don't have time to consider every single variable isn't that partly what we do in the workplace we don't have an infinite staff budget and time so we are we're going to face constraints and students will face constraints in the workplace number four make it multi-scale Almost all pressing relevant issues in our world, from natural hazards to health to education, 
including the UN Sustainable Development Goals, or SDGs, as well as others, are global in nature and foster planet-scale investigation. But make some of your lessons and activities focused on your own community and region. Students will have more knowledge about, and through GIS you can help foster, vested interest in what is occurring in their own area. Oftentimes, students have never been asked what they care about in their community. And so your course is an opportunity to, for them to start investigating and start caring. It could be a skateboard park, uh, urban greenway, or farmers markets, historical districts, dangerous intersections, or many other issues. Many of the existing and readily available lessons, for example, in the ArcGIS Learn Library can be modified for your own area given the rapid expansion of open data portals such as ArcGIS hub sites. And if the students are studying remotely with your prompting, they can transfer this local knowledge to how is my own community dealing with floods, crime, clogged transportation, arterials, etc. Number five, make it varied and interesting. My most cringe-worthy moments come occasionally when people meet me and say, oh, Joseph, you're in GIS? I took a GIS course. It was the most boring thing ever. I grimace when I hear this, and you are probably doing the same while watching this video. But then I think about those chemistry, statistics, and other courses I took as a secondary and a university student that I truly disliked. Even though the subject matter was at times fascinating, I dreaded the courses because I still have bad memories about them. How can this be? It could be the approach, the text, the methods, or the instructor. Despite the plethora of ways that people learn nowadays, including your own students, you still have a great deal of influence on their engagement of the topic. If you're interested in exploring the world through GIS, and you demonstrate this interest in your own teaching style, but also in the activities that you include in your course, chances are most students will be interested as well. By varying the instructional methods you use, including online discussion boards, assessment items, including having your students present their research results using story maps and other tools, hybrid and face-to-face -face meetings, embed the maps and videos or dashboards, use Kahoot and other interactive and fun quiz tools, mixing audio and video, group versus individual projects, your courses will remain lively and fresh. And even though your courses are not just about the tools, Asking your students from time to time to check out a new map, such as, you know, some of the things I've shared with recently with my students, hats around the world, or visualizations, such as the mm, published in late 2021, periodic table of spatial analysis, cool, or a new GIS tool, such as the blending tools in ArcGIS Online, or the Mars 3D viewer, your courses will be anything but boring. Number six, make it relevant make it relevant with local to global issues all around us this strategy is probably the easiest strategy of all to incorporate selecting a current event and creating a mini lesson out of it even for only 15 minutes weekly in class is a powerful way of stoking interest and to keep any geospatial related course timely and relevant one of the techniques we often modeled in our annual t3g teachers teaching teachers GIS institutes was Geo News, Geo News, where a team of two would show how to effectively teach a topic currently in the news using GIS in sort of a newscast format. I remember those in the T3G institutes teaching about tropical storms, train derailments, political instability, wildfires, a new urban greenway, and other topics. 
Certainly story maps, dashboards, charts, and infographics available with the ArcGIS platform come to mind as suitable tools. However, examining current wildfire perimeters, stream flow, weather, and current demographics or consumer preferences, for example, from the Living Atlas of the World, ArcGIS Living Atlas of the World, make for discussions and activities that are easily implemented with minimal preparation time. These Living Atlas layers and maps can be accessed with a click of the mouse, or touchpad, making for instant springboards for discussion. Seven, make it field-based. GIS is inherently tied to space and place. Working with maps, satellite imagery, and visualizations can help foster topophilia, topophilia, geographer Yifu Tuan's term for the love of place. In tandem with these data sets and GIS tools, students must be immersed in these spaces using all five of their senses. Therefore, include activities where students collect, map, and analyze something in the field, whether it is in the physical or cultural environment. This could be invasive plant species, light poles or other infrastructure, tree species, height and condition, or other themes. Consider including something that changes often, such as noise, pedestrian or vehicle counts, or weather, so that you can easily compare it as you collect it in different places and over different times of the day or different seasons. Consider collecting the same themes each semester so that you can build a long-term database of phenomena. Even if your college or university or school does not have an established field study center, field work can be equally valuable just on your own campus. Some campuses has, have an arboretum, but if not, any place on campus would work. If your courses are all virtual and nobody is on campus, that's also no problem. Field work in the students' own neighborhoods, wherever they happen to be, is quite doable using ArcGIS field maps, Survey123, Quick Capture, and other tools such as Picture This AI or iNaturalist. And if you have international students collecting data, it will be fascinating to compare housing types, plant species, weather, and more across countries and across whole continents. Number eight, make it multi-level. One exciting aspect to teaching with modern GIS tools is that they all offer multiple levels of engagement. For example, using the Wayback Imagery web mapping application in swipe mode, showing change over time, is an excellent way to foster analysis of coastal erosion, urban, urban sprawl, uh, glacial retreat, agricultural expansion, etc. There's no sign-in required for these web mapping applications and no analysis tools to run. Students are com visually comparing the differences across, for example, in the Wayback imagery, seven years. Again, forest cover, glacial extent, coastal erosion, or some other earth theme in a level one introductory but powerful mode. But in a level two mode, students can save the layers covering one of those themes and use them in ArcGIS Online with one of the small but powerful set of spatial analysis tools. In a level three mode, students can use some of the image classification tools in ArcGIS Online or in ArcGIS Pro to calculate changes on the landscape in 2D or 3D. This level one, two, and three or more is almost always possible using geotechnological tools. I encourage you also when designing your courses to keep coming back to level one. For example, when introducing a new topic, just because level two and level three exist does not does not mean that level one techniques are not compelling and valid. Number nine, make it so students shine, explore, and grow. Ask them to reflect upon their learning with questions, even in even your quizzes, such as what is the most valuable thing you learned this week? What was the most frustrating thing 
about this week in class? What is one thing you read about this week that you would like to learn more about? Often students are not accustomed to being asked to reflect on their own learning, so your encouragement will help them become more reflective learners, more reflective learners. For more ideas in this area, see one of my favorite books on this topic, Becoming a Critically Reflective Teacher by Stephen Brookfield. Include assessments and assignments where students create story maps and other web mapping applications, such as custom tools that they build with the web app builder or experience builder, and share those applications. They can share them with you as their instructor via a URL, and they can also share with their peers. Students can also use these apps in an online or face-to-face -face presentation to you and their classmates, or even with external stakeholders. These story maps can also extend beyond your course or program and become a key part of the student's professional portfolio that they take into the workplace. Finally, number 10, make it visionary. Make it visionary. Include topics such as space-time cube mapping, artificial intelligence, and machine learning, the blurring of the lines between mapping and visualizations, 3D analytics, the meshing of CAD, BIM, and GIS tools for inside building and outside mapping and analysis, coding, Jupyter notebooks, virtual reality, and other cutting-edge GIS trends and capabilities in your course. Again, not just because they exist, but to keep students in the mindset that these tools are rapidly evolving, and so they need to be lifelong learners, lifelong learners. Don't just include tools, though. Include podcasts, video interviews with visionary people, such as through the ESRI Virtual Job Shadow videos and my own Geo Inspiration series at Directions Magazine. Keep the students thinking about the many ways they can make a contribution to society through GIS, such as through regularly pursuing these industries. Perhaps most importantly, keep the higher, more noble goals in mind. Using GIS is ultimately about building a better world, building a better world. You and your students have a key role to play in that world. Teaching modern GIS tools and approaches enriches GIS science programs, but also many other disciplines across higher education and in primary and secondary education. Try these strategies in your own courses, and I look forward to hearing your comments. Thanks.